Welcome to episode number nine of the EAIE podcast. I'm Laura Rumbly, Associate Director for Knowledge Development and Research. This episode brings us into conversation with Inma Martinez, a globally recognized expert in the fields of digital technologies and the transformation of industries via machine intelligence. We had the great fortune of welcoming Inma as our closing plenary speaker for the online EAIE Community Exchange event in October 2020. Her talk at that time outlined some major trends and considerations in relation to international education and the dynamics of technology and innovation. The conversation you're about to hear now gave us the opportunity to follow up on some of those same themes, but to focus specifically on Inma's perceptions about what the challenges of 2020 have highlighted for educators, individuals, and societies at large, and what digital transformation can mean for us as we now move into a brand new year, 2021. I began my conversation with Inma by asking her to first reflect back on the experience of the COVID-19 crisis in 2020 and how she felt higher education institutions had risen to the challenge of that moment. Well, I'm not aware as to what each uh, educational institution did. Um, I am aware of what we did, for example, at Imperial College, which was funny enough, we send the students home initially uh, because we were concerned as to the level of contagion and the fact that we felt it was really dangerous for uh, students to be going around campuses uh, without any you know, measures of distance. There was no, basically the world woke up to a pandemic that was spreading and we didn't have protocols. Only over time, we learned that we had to be two meters separated and that we had to wear this type of mask or the other type of mask. And and then we learned how the uh, pathogen was transmitting from one person to the next. But I remember the first month, basically February, March, we were all flabbergasted. We had no idea how to respond to a situation such as this. So I remember teaching my February module and then working from home in March and still guiding some of my um, students uh, on Zoom calls. And when I would ask them, uh, are you still in London? They were like, oh, I'm, I'm back in Italy now. And I said, oh, so who else is around? He said, everybody left. So it was like, it was like that, basically. And I think the fundamental change um, for us all in education has been to go back to the uh, Socratic method. Basically, people come to universities to study, but also to build human relationships and, and, and learn how to create uh, collaborations with other people. And I think that this is what uh, we have learned now that we have been forced to interact with each other in conference calls, a lot more email, lots of Google drives, lots of document sharing. The fact is Uh, we have adapted to each other velocity of learning. We have mentored each other as to how we supposed to work together now. So there's a lot more mentorship. There's a lot more kindness and there's a lot more willingness to 
deepen the spirit of each institution. So our students, for example, at Imperial, they felt compelled to be of service to the world. You know, in the business school, in a campus that is 90% scientific, the business school students threw themselves to hackathons, to ideation hackathons, to come up with solutions. They felt that the world was turning to the scientists to fight the pandemic. And somehow the business leaders or people in other sectors were like parked on the side and they felt, no, we want to be of value. We want to be of value to the world. So I think the energy in, in our centers of excellence and, and, and in education has been finally each person has asked he or herself, how can I be of service? which is an incredible transformation for a human being. You start not being concerned about yourself, but you think of others. And the way universities have reacted very quickly to support that has been marvelous, really marvelous. Um, I was recently at Loyola in both Seville and uh, Cordoba. And... Uh, Already the whole campus was branded with COVID measures and it had a hashtag, you know, we care for our students' well-being. And so I think we have reevaluated um, how humans develop and how humans learn and how humans uh, grasp new skills and transform those themselves into what we want them to be leaders we want them to be innovators you know and i think that um this pandemic has ignited all of that so all in all i think it's been a positive effect it has been a wake-up call more than a damning effect i see opportunity from this pandemic so I think it's extremely interesting to think that, you know, this profound process of physical distancing from one another generates this profound sense of humanity. And I'm curious to get at a little bit your sense of technology as a mediating factor in that dynamic. Is this showing us that technology has an extraordinary ability to lift the human condition or is it simply that humans rose to the moment and it just so happened that technology was in the mix somehow you know what is it about what role is technology now going to play in our in our relations as human beings well technology especially since the birth of the mobile internet in the uh, late 90s beginning of the 2000s um, allowed us to be always connected always connected notifications little text messages the ability to know things right there on the spot the famous real-time services um, i was a pioneer in the mobile industry and i remember when i was building those things um, that didn't exist before you know to be always on and to be always in possession of tremendous information that can be uh, helpful to me in many different types of scenarios. That is a 21st century um, uh, technology. 
it didn't exist, exist in the 20th, it's a 21st century technology. And I guess that digitalization has allowed us to um, be faster, uh, share faster. For example, you put in FTP servers, loads of additional materials for students to read, and then all of a sudden it's very easy to share across and students can upload their work very easily. They don't need to come to campus and dump on your desk a bunch of papers. You know, everything is digital and then you have it all sorted in beautiful folders. You know, the, I think we have moved from an analog educational system to a more digitized one in some places more than in others. Yeah. Um, and I think that the fact that sometimes, you know, in some of our classrooms, even before the pandemic, we were able to invite uh, famous professors, famous researchers to, to, to give a speech to the students. And then we were connecting through Skype or any other of the platforms right then and there in the classroom. That was exciting. I remember in 2005, when we would try to do that with a very early uh, Skype, and the connections would fall and you couldn't just imagine doing that at a conference because you knew that at some point the connection was going to be terrible so now not only we do that we actually create co connections with more than a hundred people connected into a zoom call because you're doing a virtual hackathon so I think we have learned that technology had a potentiality that we had never applied to education. And because we've been forced to apply it, now all of these platforms, all of these digital tools have then adapted themselves to serve the educational sector. Yeah, and I feel like um, so, so many more of us are so much less cautious about diving in and getting our hands on these things and making them a part of the work that we're doing in, in education, which is really also very exciting to see how it's spreading out across the community so rapidly and dramatically. Are there some specific new or improved technologies that might, we might see becoming available or more widely used in higher education and international higher education in 2021, are there you know any you know particular interesting innovations on the horizon that you're aware of that we might be on the lookout for? Well, um, obviously, automating some of the administrative uh, processes at universities. Um, if we digitize students' admissions and their profiles, um, and we really tag all of their data correctly to really understand who is this student where is this student coming from what are his subjects of study what are the subjects would be of potential interest for this person how can we let this person know ai and analytics come very handy to create better student experiences um, and i think that we should work towards creating those um, because we have extremely young people that come to universities at a very tender age. Some of them have never been away from home. 
and then they venture into a path of studies that sometimes you know they're missing out they don't know that there are other complementary courses that they should be taking or that there are professors that would probably mentor them or give them a new perspective and because we have built analog campuses that one had to walk from building to building but now that everything is virtual then the accessibility of those potential things are within the reach of everyone. And I think that admissions and records and the traditional side of human uh, resources and human capital administering universities has enormous potential to create more and more value for the students. Um, precisely because now we will have a horizontal digitized campus where everything is accessible in either direction you take. Do you see some hurdles in, in making that a reality moving forward? Do you see some hurdles in terms of training and equipping university staff with the ability to engage with these digital tools? Or is that less of a concern for you that that's just that will just evolve as as in every generation, there are new skills that we need to develop in our professional lives? The technology sector is trying to be of value to education. Um, I know that from the telecom companies that provide uh, connectivity to campuses, to companies in edge computing that install sensors and devices that talk to each other at the edge, uh, you know, the big, big companies in tech want to start understanding what are the gaps in the education sector in order for them to make meaningful contributions. Because the way uh, technology becomes something useful is when the makers of the tech understand the needs of the receiving end and then they build products and services to fulfill that need. Um, and it's always based on a principle that Steve Jobs was the king of doing that. And he used to say, um, I don't build products that people want. I build products that people don't even know that they want. So the, the force of transformation in terms of what will be the products and services uh, for the future digital education will have to come from the industry that actually creates them, but only if universities create collaborations with them in which we say, these are our gaps, these are how fragmented we have these activities, this is where we don't know how to solve this situation. And then the, the technology industry will come and say, okay, you know what, we could build you this, we could build you that, you know, which is how it usually happens. Um, I always say that the best innovation is the one that comes to solve an existing problem. Something that lots of people are trying to solve in very rudimentary ways until somebody says, no, this is what you do. This is the best way to solve it. I, for example, I don't know if you've noticed, but in the past, you couldn't record Skype calls. And because of Zoom, now you can. 
Yeah, yeah. So setting but, some standards and expectations. Then, exactly, right? exactly. Yeah. I uh, listened to um, a session during our community exchange back in October involving this question of digitization, digitalization, and digitizing of records and um, aspects of the international student experience. And there was a very nice conversation among the presenters about the relationships that are being fostered between international student um, staff within institutions and the information technology staff within institutions, an increasing amount of communication between those individuals with shared interests in making these processes work. And so I, I think it's a really interesting point that you make about that communication piece, the expression of needs and interests and how to find, you know, um, meaningful ways to, to make those, to meet the needs that are being expressed. So as you look ahead to this brand new year, 2021, heaven help us that it is an improvement on what we've experienced on 2020 in many ways. Um, what makes you optimistic about the digital year ahead or conversely cautious in some ways about, about what we may experience? Um. Well, we still have to balance the effect of the pandemic and how we try to reduce the level of contagion. Um, hopefully, uh, you know, vaccination will help uh, reduce the speed, not entirely reduce the pandemic, but reduce the speed of contagion. Um, and what we need to ask ourselves is, um, how should we leverage our infrastructure better? You know, and probably uh, it will be a good time to sit down and put some wish lists to the uh, our digital suppliers in campuses. Nothing works best with innovators and technologists than being presented with a challenge, being presented with an ultimate wish, because in our nature is to make dreams come true. You know, if you want to hire the best software developers, you have to hire those that are moved by challenges. Otherwise they get bored and they think that this is all too easy and they're not making a meaningful contribution. So I think that it will be an opportunity to imagine how can we uh, engage, learn to engage students digitally. Is there a trick we are missing? Is there an opportunity that is, we are not exploring how in what other ways um, students like to learn in digital ways. I think that this is an open uh, page to potentially uh, reestablish, you know, new ways of learning or new ways of collaborating or new ways of incentivizing students to put into practice that which they learn. I'm a super believer in hackathons um because you learn lots from books and from things you learn consuming content and attending classes etc but nothing makes you uh, create real knowledge than putting it into practice and i think uh, students need to be called to action they come to campuses expecting to receive, to receive an education and to receive formation. And then if you say, okay, we're teaching you all of these things. What can you do with the things that we're teaching you? Now, don't wait for graduation. I think it will create quite nice responses and they would also make them 
feel connected to their institution even more. Why did I go to this particular university as opposed to the other? Well, because we at this university do things like this. I think it's, it's going to create real branding opportunities for universities, how they respond to the present circumstances. And maybe universities that thought that they were unimportant or they had a low-key profile, thanks to one of these uh, opportunities, you know, they create a, a model for the rest of the world to follow, you know, and they get their moment in the stars, you know. So the pandemic has leveled everybody. I was having a conversation this morning and this person was um, asking me, what do you think are the values for the future and what we have learned from this year. And my response was this year, we learned how important it is to be connected to other human beings. And then I think next year is even more important how to find our purpose in life. I can't imagine a more exciting way to kick off a new year, and especially after the challenges that we faced last year. Ima Martinez, it is such a privilege to speak with you. Thank you so much for sharing some of these thoughts with us today. Thank you. I'm delighted. Thank you. This concludes our conversation with digital pioneer and artificial intelligence scientist Ima Martinez on some of the ways digital developments and realities may play out in our lives and in our work in higher education in the year ahead. 2021, here we come. Of course, as we move into this new year, the EAE is very much here to support you. And one of the best ways we can do that is through our membership services. In 2021, we're making it that much easier for more staff from your institution to enjoy the benefits of being part of our community through our new group memberships. These are available in packs of 10, 15, 20, and 35, and provide all the perks of individual membership at a reduced rate. More information about all that membership has to offer can be found on our website. That's www.eaie.org. Our podcast series aims to be with you throughout the year too. As you set up your new routines for 2021, we hope you'll consider subscribing to the series on your favorite listening platform or wherever you listen to our podcast. We put out a new episode just about every two weeks, so please be on the lookout for those new installments. And of course, we're hugely grateful when you like or share us on social media, or when you send us feedback or suggestions for guests or topics. Please write to us at info at For now, thank you for joining us for this episode, and all good wishes from the EAIE.